The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with The Plant Profits, powered by Protus Global. Here is your host of Plant Profits, Bert Miller. Welcome to another episode of Plant Profits. I am Bert Miller, your host on Plant Profits. And as you guys know, the purpose of this show is to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry. Uh, they are certainly on the forefront of creating companies, but also on the forefront of creating career opportunities along the way. Uh, today, we have another outstanding female leader in the industry. Uh, she is not only a leader and founder of her company, but also a key leader around diversity and gender. Uh, before we start, uh, you can follow me at Bert Miller, PG, B-E-R-T, Miller, P as in Paul, G, uh, and send us your questions and comments for the show using the hashtag plantprofits, P-R-O-P-H-E-T-S. Share that with your friends, family, social circle, and Share it some more and we'll bring the message to as many people as possible around this uh, cannabis sector. Uh, so uh, let's get started. On today's show, we have Whitney Beatty, is successful entertainment industry executive turned cannabis storage designer. She was selected to be part of the Canopy San Diego Accelerator and Founders University. She's been a speaker at South by Southwest and is also an avid supporter and mentor for women in cannabis. Apothecary was also nominated for the Dope Southern Cal Awards for Best New Products Award in 2017. So if you want to check out Wendy's products, go to www.theapothecarycase.com. That's apothecary with two R's. You can also find out more about Whitney and her company on Instagram at The Apothecary and Twitter at The Apothecary. Again, both with two R's. Hi, Whitney. It's great to speak to you again. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Of course. Of course. Absolutely. So uh, take a moment, if you don't mind, before we jump in and start uh, getting into the questions to introduce your business uh, to our listeners. Um, the easiest way to introduce it is this, you know, you keep wine in wine fridges, you keep liquor in bars, you keep cigars in humidors, but most people keep their high end cannabis in a shoebox under their bed. <laughs> and my job is to fix that. So my company literally makes beautiful locking storage cases made to keep your cannabis in. We offer security because all of our cases have secure key and combination locks. Um, humidity via humidity controlled jars in all of those cases. We have offer convenience because the way our cases are set up, you can store both your tools in those cases. So your pipes, your vaporizers, your papers, your hemp mix, all of those things that you need to have that great smoking experience um, all in one case. We also offer style. Um, that matches your decor without, you know, raising a lot of odor or eyebrows when they come into the room. So it'll match your own decor, um, but have a beautiful place to keep your cannabis in and keep it fresh. Yes. And the listeners have not been to your website and seen the products that you have created. Uh, they really need to do that because everything that Whitney just described is absolutely on point 
uh, with her products. So um, thank you for that, Whitney. Now, thank you. If, you, if you don't mind, uh, there's a story. And if you, don't, if you could just take us through and give us some insight into how Apothecary came to be. Oh, um, sure. So um, it's actually a funny story because, in all honesty, my background was really not in the cannabis space. As a matter of fact, I didn't really use cannabis at all growing up. Um, I think I might have done it twice in college and didn't like how it made me feel. Nancy Reagan told me to say no to drugs. Who was I to not believe her? <laughs> um, Nancy said, hey, I was off the stuff. Um, but I actually, I was working in the entertainment industry um, and I was, I've been in that field for a long time. And anyone who is in that space will tell you that it is a very stressful place to work. Um, and I, you know, was running around like a crazy person working, you know, 18 hour days. Um, and I was sitting at my desk and all of a sudden I couldn't breathe. My heart was palpitating. Um, I, you know, went cold um, and I thought I was having a heart attack. Um, and I got up and I drove myself to the hospital because I didn't want to, for some reason, didn't want to disturb people. I literally got up, <laughs> took my car to the hospital, UCLA, left my car where the ambulance is parked with the keys in it because I figured if I'm going to die, I shouldn't care about this car. Um, <laughs> and I, I was literally panicking. Um, and I went in and was like, I'm having a heart attack. I'm dying, somebody. Um, so they, you know, pushed other people out of the way and they took me back to the EKG machine and they said, hey, you're not having a heart attack. And I was like, check again. Obviously, I'm dying. Um, and they said, no, you don't have heart problems. You have anxiety. And it was the first time I'd ever heard that before, um, especially because I'm a very type A person, um, you know, and so just the idea of having anxiety was just offensive to me. Um, but it really changed my journey because what ended up happening is my doctor tried to, you know, find what was going to work to keep my anxiety under control. And she gave me this and she gave me that. And I didn't like any of them. Didn't like how they made me feel. Hated the idea of being, you know, in my late twenties, early thirties, and now having a medication that I had to take for the rest of my life. Um, and, uh, and an offhand comment, she said to me, Hey, why don't you look at cannabis? And I was like, what? <laughs> what are you saying, lady? She might as well have told me, you know, why don't you look at methamphetamines? Yeah. Um, because that was how foreign it was to me. But um, I did, and it changed my complete view of cannabis. Um, I did research, I understood, you know, the plant, I found something that worked for me in that space. Um, and in doing all of that, I realized there's so much that I loved about cannabis, um, but there, I felt like there was a hole in the culture because the things that I was seeing on, you know, on television and the things that I saw pushed towards um, this industry were pretty, um, let's say, uh, I guess maybe lower brow is the best way. I'm like, I like tie-dye as much as the next person. Really, I do. But I don't need <laughs> everything I have to be covered in tie-dye. I thought that there was a market for people who were like me, someone you know who, who wanted to live a more luxurious lifestyle, someone who had kids. I had a small child in the house. I didn't want my cannabis to be sitting out where he could get his hands on it. I had a pet in the house. Didn't want her to be able to get into it either. And at the same time, um, I wanted something beautiful. I was like, I have parties and I want to be able to offer people something. And I didn't feel like it was classy for me to reach down into my Nike box and pull out <laughs> my dried up cannabis. Or, you know, um, I was used to also hiding the cannabis for myself and I'd hide it so well that I wouldn't find it for, you know, three, four, five months. And then by the time I got to it, it was all dried out. And so I was like, there's all these things that are happening um, with my cannabis. How come I, there's not a great place for me to keep it? 
you know, there's kits for everything else. I do have my wine in a wine fridge. Right. I do have, you know, cohibas in, in a uh, humidor. Why isn't there something like this for cannabis? Um, and I looked around and I couldn't find it. And so I decided I would make it. That's great. So now think about the value proposition uh, for the listeners out there is that uh, one of the differentiators in your product, Whitney, is that you can lock them, correct? Absolutely. We sell locking storage. I think that that's important um, on a couple different levels, you know, a, you know, for parents, for people with pets, people with roommates who don't know how to buy their own things. Also people who need to transport cannabis. There's a lot of um, municipalities where it's required that if you're in a car, that you have something that's locking to keep that cannabis in. Um, And there weren't a lot of locking cases that were anything uh, more than utilitarian. Right. So for the listeners out there, I'm sure you can tell that Whitney brings a little humor and, just a little bit of energy to the table every single day. So <laughs> I try. <laughs> you you went through uh, you, as you went through this uh, journey, Whitney. How did you introduce what you're doing uh, to your family? <laughs> That's a good question um, because it's almost you know it might not be the best analogy, but it's kind of like you're coming out. Um, you know, I've got a bachelor's degree in theater. I have a master's degree in film production. I worked in the entertainment industry for 14 years. Um, I was a senior vice president over at Warner Brothers Telepictures. My mother was proud of me. So it is an awkward conversation, if you will, to say, hey, guess what I'm doing? I'm quitting my job. I'm selling my house and I'm starting a company in the cannabis space. (laughs) It was awkward conversations all around. Um, and it really, you know, I, I learned to have a conversation with people where I have to let them understand what the value prop is because they thought I was crazy. Um, you're crazy. And also, I think it's also um, something that's sometimes in particular to communities of color because communities of color have been disproportionately disenfranchised by a war on drugs. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's even more of a fear factor there because my mother's first thing is like, you're going to get arrested. And I'm like, mom, I, I don't even touch the plant. I'm an ancillary company. They're going to they're gonna arrest me for making boxes. You're going to get arrested. My mother's an attorney. <laughs> She's right, like, right. you're going to go to jail. <laughs> um, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. But I also had to you know, sit down and same conversation that I had with cousins and friends and people I went to church with and say, hey, look, if this was the end of prohibition, you know, end of alcohol prohibition, and someone came to you and said, hey, do you want to start Jack Daniels with me? What would you say? And that's the point in time that we are at right now. Cannabis was, are going to have more jobs than manufacturing by 2022. They say that the market is going to be between 40 and $60 billion um, mm-hmm. by 2024. This is a turnkey opportunity with the lowest barriers of entry out there, especially when I started four years ago. Um, to not do it, to me, would be the crazy part. <laughs> well, so when well. you really look at the numbers, <laughs> there, there is only one thing that made sense to me. Well, without question. And uh, it's going to be interesting because if you ask somebody after the fact, if you wanted to create the Jack Daniels brand, I'm sure they would have said yes. And that opportunity was Exactly. And that opportunity <laughs> now exists in the industry that we're talking about today. And that's the cannabis, cannabis sector. All right. We're going to take uh-huh. a break. Uh, you're listening to Whitney Beatty. You can find her and her products on her Instagram at the apothecary with two R's Twitter uh, at the apothecary. So when we come back from break, we're going to dig in a little bit more, uh, more with Whitney and talk about 
the big moment in her career that uh, helped shape her future and create Apothecary. Um, she kind of went through that on a personal basis, but uh, I want to talk about how she made the transition from her career uh, to Apothecary and starting her company. You're listening to Pl- uh, Plant Profits, and remember to follow me on social media at Burt Miller PG. We will be right back. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. The National Cannabis Industry Association's 6th Annual Cannabis Business Summit and Expo returns to San Jose, California's McInerney Convention Center July 22nd through the 24th. Register today at CannabisBusinessSummit.com and take part in the most influential, award-winning cannabis conference and trade show hosted by the cannabis industry's only national trade association. NCIA's Cannabis Business Summit and Expo offers attendees three days of engagement and interactive programs. Arrive early so you can participate in our pre-conference workshops and off-site tours. Join hundreds upon hundreds of exhibitors and thousands upon thousands of attendees at NCIA's 6th Annual Cannabis Business Summit and Expo, July 22nd to the 24th in San Jose, California. Register today at CannabisBusinessSummit.com. That's CannabisBusinessSummit.com. Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches, allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease. These stylish pouches are handcrafted using strong zips, long-wearing buffalo leather outside, and smooth sheepskin inside. A portion of proceeds go to fund vital medical research into cannabis for ADHD. See a demo and get yours now on Indiegogo or Pouches.com. That's P-O-U-C-H-Z dot com. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. The plant profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back to Plant Profits. I'm your host, Burt Miller from Protus Global. You can send your comments and questions to me at Burt Miller PG. And we're back with Whitney Beatty, the founder and CEO of The Apothecary. So um, what I want to talk a little bit about is you, you mentioned earlier about the anxiety and the, the, that poignant moment that you uh, decided to try cannabis or uh, take a look at the category. Now, when you started to make it a career change and you had the conversation with your mother, um, was there anything in particular to help really shape your future and launch Apothecary? Interesting question. So I think what was, you know, what was going through my mind is this. Um, in the entertainment industry, my job was development. I developed nonfiction um, and day part programming. Um, and so I felt like I knew 
you know, I knew my audience's demo. I knew kind of what they wanted, who they were as a people. And I really kind of attached myself to that information and tried to figure out how I could make a product and a line that made sense for those people. So I, I used my experience having done that um, because at the end of the day, I knew I didn't want to just build a product. I wanted to build a lifestyle brand. I wanted to let people be able to see themselves um, in this space in a way that they haven't been able to before. Because let's be honest, if you think back over the last 15 years of the way that we've seen cannabis depicted in any sort of media, who's smoking? Um, you know, high schoolers who are bad, you know, um, unproductive stoners and, you know, college kids. Um, you don't see a 40-year-old mother. You don't see the attorney down the street. Um, you definitely don't right, see the right. grandma at you know at church, but all these people are the people that are smoking. That's what our demographic um, information is telling us right now. So I figured that I could use my experience with those people in order to be able to change not only their views on cannabis, um, but the way in which they consume, um, and to make it feel a little bit more legitimate. I think that there was something, you know, it, at least in my head, that felt illegitimate about the fact that I was smoking out of a shoebox. I don't right. keep my medicine in a shoebox. Exactly. I don't keep my good scotch in a shoebox. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, so I think that, you know, in, in a lot of ways, the way that we store um, kind of, um, I guess, colors the situation. And so I use that information to really uh, wrap my hands around what I thought was possible for me to do in the space. And then I just, you know, dove in face first into research. Um, which was harder at that time than it is now because there was so little data, so little demographic information. I mean, when I started, I was like, I'm gonna make an upscale you know, product in cannabis. It's gonna be the luxury cannabis space. And every investor I talked to was like, there's no luxury space in cannabis. Yeah, you know, we were well. still in the point in time where everybody wanted to make 100 milligram candy bars, like, you know, right, that's right. what people wanted, just to be, be mm. face fall off high. Whitney, that was that's it. I want to I want to step back. That's a very interesting point, Whitney. Talk about what you did in terms of presenting your your case uh, and your business to get funding. Oh, that's a um, yeah. That was a very interesting journey, um, and even more so because I though I was an executive and done a lot of you know. Um, presenting in the past, I had never done a fundraise before. Um, and anybody who's done it will tell you it's a different sort of animal. You have to have different sort of information right. and you're talking to a different sort of, you know, person. And so it's really, um, it's research heavy, being able to really wrap your hands around your entire business. And for me, I knew that I was going to need help with that. Um, and so I decided to apply for a business accelerator. Um, and I did the Canopy Business Accelerator down in San Diego, and I was very useful in that regard. I, you know, was able, as an example, um, I'll never forget the first time I reached out to an investor, they asked me to send over um, an executive profile. Um, and I was like, cool, yeah, sure, I'll send you an executive profile. <laughs> and I sent them my bio with my picture on it, because that's what I thought an executive profile was. I was the executive, this is my profile. Um, this is not what they're looking for when they're asking no, for an no, executive profile <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. It's probably like, this girl is nuts. She gets nothing from me. Um, but yeah, I had to understand what are those documents? What are they looking for? What should be in my, um, my due diligence vault? Um, 
how do I set up this data room? How do I um, make sure that my projections make sense? How am I value, you know, valuating the company? It was me being able to sit down and really work through all of those concepts um, and get your hands around it because you're never going to be able to raise money without it. Um, and raising money is difficult in any, you know, in any situation, but it's also, I have to acknowledge, it's, it's very difficult when you're a woman and it's very, very difficult when you're a woman of color. And the numbers support that. Um, they're saying that in the last five years of VC funding, 2% of right. VC funding went to women-led um, companies. 2%. Um, and that's women-led. When you're looking at um, women of color-led, we're talking 0.0006%. So it's, you know, you're facing long odds out there. And it's not just... Um, you know, I think that there, obviously, I think that there's some implicit bias going on um, there. But it's also because think about who is, um, you know, who's, who's your first-in investors. Your first-in investors, your angel investors tend to be uh, white males who are in an older demographic. Um, and they tend to invest in people that remind them of themselves. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, and, and that's just a real thing, you know. <laughs> you want to invest in the person who reminds you of you when you were young and scrappy and have ideas. Um, and a lot of people don't see that when they look at a, you know, a full-grown black woman. <laughs> and that's not well, who you were when you were younger. Yeah, so, yeah, and that's and that's but, why we but, need that's why we need diversity mm -hmm. in our companies. And um, absolutely, uh, yeah, because mm -hmm. you yeah, know, without question, Whitney Beatty, she would. Now you were just featured in Forbes as one of nine women shaping the 17 billion dollar cannabis industry that we we now have today so um we got to get it from where you're not an outlier but actually um part of something just is part of our everyday uh normal way of doing business and you are helping lead the way whitney so thank you and congratulations for that thank you it's so, an honor it's it's yep. it's surprising to end up in in uh forbes for uh for cannabis, and it's you know it's amazing to see how much the industry is changing, and growing on an everyday basis. No question. What do you what do you think are the most difficult aspects for you, and as you're looking at your company now, uh, from a growing and scaling your business? Money, money, and money. Um, money is the hardest part about growth and scale. Um, you know it. it and it's funny because in the beginning, everyone was like, oh, you know, this is, gonna, this is the easy part. You know, a hard part's going to be growing and scaling. And I was like, you people are nuts. Being able to sell things is all I want. You know, <laughs> if I'm at the grow and scale, then I'm fine. Um, and I was incorrect. Grow and scale mm. is definitely difficult. You need to buy more product than you've ever bought before. You need to be able to expand um, the amount of roles within your company and the things that get done. You cannot grow unless you can spend more money and it's hard to spend more money when you're, you know, if you don't have that to spend. Um, so it's being able to, you know, consistently bring in funds. Um, it's being able to think outside of the box in regards to the way in which you do um, marketing and advertising and everything, um, you know, similar. So it's really, um, it's yeah. been the, a, a hard road for sure. Yeah. Definitely. I, I definitely understand that. So we're going to break away here in a second. Uh, in another Forbes article, Moms Break the Stigma of Working in Weed. You heard Whitney say it earlier, but she was quoted, and I'm going to repeat it. I had, wine, I, had a, I had a wine fridge for my wine. I had a cigar humidor in my house. 
I had a closet that I kept all my alcohol in, but the thing I called medicine that made a real health difference for me, I kept in a shoebox under my bed, really. That was quoted by Whitney Beatty. You heard her say it a little bit earlier on the show. Uh, we're gonna go to break and you're listening to Whitney Beatty, uh, the CEO and founder of The Apothecary. Uh, when we come back from break, uh, we'll dig right back in, Whitney. You're listening to Plant Profits. Remember to follow me on social media at Burt Miller PG, and we will be right back. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. In 2018, the National Cannabis Industry Association saw a 60% increase in congressional co-sponsorship of their priority legislation, the federal legalization of hemp, as well as the election of a new Congress expected to be more cannabis friendly. NCIA will host our ninth annual Cannabis Industry Lobby Days, May 21st through 23rd in Washington, D.C. Join in, advocate for our industry, and forge a unified front with the industry's most politically engaged leaders. NCIA members from across the country descend on Capitol Hill for our annual Lobby Days event to tell their stories and advocate for federal reforms needed for our industry to reach its full potential. Make your plans now to be at the National Cannabis Industry Association's 9th Annual Cannabis Industry Lobby Days in Washington, D.C. Register for Lobby Days and learn how NCIA works to advance the cannabis industry's policy agenda every day at www.thecannabisindustry.org slash Lobby Days 2019. Cannabis industry professionals, want to gain some new leads? Make genuine business connections and get premier brand exposure? This is your opportunity. NCIA's new industry socials are coming soon to Portland, Maine, New Jersey, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Miami. Sponsorship opportunities available. Register today. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. The plant profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back to Plant Profits. I'm your host, Bert Miller from Protus Global. Uh, we are back with Whitney Beatty, the founder and CEO of the Apothecary. Um, Whitney, uh, we talked about some of the gaps uh, and the difficulty of growing scale in a business. It's really about the money uh, and continuing to um, uh, find a way to capture that funding and, and getting people to con- continue to believe. Uh, you do have um, the accessory that you have uh, created and it is luxury and it's beautiful. Um, how do you, what are you doing to manufacture your products and who designs uh, your products? You have a designer on so, staff, you do it yourself. You, is it an inspiration of Whitney? 
Um, it is inspiration of Whitney. I've designed all of our products thus far. Um, and I think that's one of the things that also attracted me to this business because those are, you know, uh, besides being a, a creative, I was also, you know, art, art minor. I, you know, mm-hmm. like to build things in the wood shop. I had a grandfather, um, who was a woodworker. Um, and I watched him make things as I sat at his feet. Um, so I enjoy that process. Um, you know, as we grow, my goal is to not only bring in some other designers, but really also to um, co-design with other um, influencers or, or people of note, um, you know, to be able to tailor a, a case to their smoking experience. Um, because obviously, the way that people smoke changes on an everyday basis. Um, just, you know, how fast the industry moves. You know, the rise of extracts has changed the way that we do business. Mm-hmm. We just, you know, released our first extract case, which is exciting. You know, we're doing some things with vaporizers, which is exciting. Um, so we're trying to stay where the market is moving. Um, in regards to how we're manufacturing, we manufacture in a um, plant. We manufacture out of um, of Mexico and out of China, depending on what, what the um, model is. Got it. That's great. So what, uh, when you think about uh, the, the industry itself, particularly in the ancillary business that uh, you've created, what skills do you see really for you, Whitney, that are most in demand uh, today? Interesting. Um, in the ancillary space, um, there's a couple of things. Um, I think branding, brand building is going to be number one. Um, the Even though it has a low barrier to entry, um, the market is becoming exceedingly crowded in the uh, um, the accessory space mm-hmm. um, or the ancillary space on the overall on the product side. Um, so it's a you know being able to know who that customer is, who that customer base is. I see you know way too often when you ask somebody, oh, who's your demographic, and the answer is everyone. You can't be for everyone. Everything's not for everyone. Find a market and target into it. I do believe in <laughs> in niche. Uh, um, mm-hmm. at least to a, a certain extent because, you, you know, if you try to be too broad, you're not talking to anyone. So being able to build that brand, to know who you're talking to, to really know the, the cannabis space, I think um, more than ever now you see more people who are in this space who don't consume, which, you know, is, is fine, but you have, to, you have to know the market. You need to know who you're talking to and, and how people you know, are actually imbibing in order to make things that are useful to them. Um, and I think that that becomes important in this market because, you know, in California in particular, we've got only a certain amount of time before the big boys come in, before right. Philip Morris right. is growing, you know, acres of cannabis as far as the eye can see, before big pharma comes in, um, before big alcohol comes in. And right. all of them will come in with more money than any of us have, period. Even the best funded um, you know, starting no question. Here, no will question. Be, will be dwarfed, and the only way you survive the, that sort of thing is to build a brand that already has recognition and has followers, and people believe in. Um, and I think that's the work that people need to be doing right now. Well, you know what? That or you don't survive. No question. Mm-hmm. That's that's a great, great point. I want to. What I'd like to do, uh, Whitney, is is take that point uh, as you're looking for additional funding or looking to partner. Uh, perhaps with companies, um, how much emphasis are you putting on in terms of how you are structuring your business and building your own team to use that to show people that you are scaling uh, and you're committed to that and as, as it relates to 
uh, winning funding? So I am, I don't want to say gun shy, um, but I'm very cognizant of the amount of people that I add to the team. I, you know, I watch our dollars and our cents carefully. Um, so I'm probably the opposite of a founder that, you know, gets funding and then hires 25 people. Mm-hmm. I get funding, I hire five people. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and, you know, my job is to make it work with as little money as possible and show what I can do so I can get that, uh, you know, that next dollars in. And I want them to see that I'm using my money wisely. So there is no pool table at the apothecary headquarters. Um, and we don't have, you know, an endless kegerator. But I can show you where every dollar has gone, um, you know, to the, the development of our team. And I think by being lean and mean, it makes us, um, you know, makes our accomplishments um, better. Um, it allows us to do more with less. And I think it makes us a more attractive acquisition at the time that that's right. No question. Uh, very prudent. So um, that's our time for today, Whitney. Uh, I certainly could talk with Whitney all day about her journey and her success. Uh, thank you very much for kicking it with us, Whitney, uh, today on Plant Profits. Everyone out there, remember to check out Whitney and her luxury organization, Accessories Products, at www.theapothecarycase.com, two R's. And of course, don't forget to hit me up as well on Instagram with your comments and questions. You can find me at Burt Miller PG. Use hashtag Plant Profits, P-R-O-P-H-E-T-S, to stay in the know. So thanks for turning in, and we will catch up with you guys on next week's show. Until next time, cheers. Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.